0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Dagel Bytes ad free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Dagel Bytes. Hey, everybody, this is Michael here from Team LD, and I work with Lauren to produce Dagel Bytes. Today we have a bonus episode for you that we recorded back on May 8th, and it features some of your fan-submitted questions from the first season. Thank you so much for sending in all of those questions, and you can email yours to podcast at laurendagle.com. You should know that we're working on Season 2 as we speak, so make sure you're subscribed and you'll be notified as soon as it happens. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, and we will see you soon. Welcome to a very special surprise episode of Dagel Bites. I had so much fun with our first season that I wanted to keep this going. And now I'm sitting in a studio with a live audience. Everybody clap. Yay. Clap, 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 clap. clap. Ah, We're here. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today. I received so many lovely questions through the podcast at laurendagel.com email that today I'm going to answer a few. Before we dive in, I hope you're safe and that you're living well. I have been quarantined and tie-dyeing t-shirts a lot. I've enjoyed it, it's been a lot of fun. And I've been catching up with old friends via Zoom. Don't we all wish that we were um, in the stock industry and having invested in Zoom prior to this, the hello. All that to say, I believe in you, I believe in us, and I know we'll get through this together. Here's some questions that we were asked along the way. What have you learned about yourself during this time when some of your best plans seem to be put on the shelf? That question came from Hannah T. I actually was processing this with a lot of my friends. Um, whenever we've been, you know, on the road for a couple of shows, we, I think we were out on the road for about 10 shows. whenever we got the call that the CDC was was telling us we had to pack up and go home. And um, I remember in that moment thinking, oh, this will probably last just like a week or two. Um, And then during the show, we found out that it was gonna last until April 29th. And it was honestly like minute by minute, we were finding out that this tour was gonna be postponed. Now go backwards in time. Um, When I was like 15, 16 years old, I was, dreaming about the day of being able to do this tour i had imagined it in my mind i would daydream all day about it and i just remember as a kid feeling like i'll know the moment that i've finally arrived to what this dream was and this tour was that tour um so to have it end definitely felt like the rug was ripped out from underneath my feet and it's not just my feet it's so many people we have Nearly 70 people out there on the road with us. So that's 70 lives that are affected um, just by my one tour, not to mention all of the people that are um, owners of bus companies or owners of the production companies, owners of the lighting companies. It affects so many teams. And so um, whenever you realize the gravity of one thing changing, how it affects the lives of so many people, it definitely is something that'll keep you awake at night. It can weigh pretty heavy on your chest. So, um, I think the question was, uh, what have I learned about myself during this time is that I can embrace disappointment. And I know that probably doesn't sound like the peppiest answer, but I think a long time I've I've negated and tried to run from disappointment. Um, because I like things to be happy, I like things to be joyful. And um, I'm the girl that the glass is always half full. Where's the party at? So in a time when everything is kind of uncertain and when I don't know when I'm going to be out on the road next, we're planning that. Um, And when I'm not sure of what is around the corner, um, I think I would typically run to, well, I'll just go make a record or I'll just go find something else to satisfy me during this time. Um, I've really been diligent in just dealing with disappointment and recognizing it for what it is. Um, and then also knowing that God's been super faithful in every other area of my life. And as soon as we get back out on the road, I'll probably be 20,000 times more grateful than I, I probably was while I was on, on stage enjoying every moment of it. So I hope to see all of you out there and I hope you are, uh, learning something new about yourself along the way as well. So I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love, all things adrenaline. Um, The older I've gotten, it's kind of tamed a little bit. But one thing I can say, I love skydiving. And I think what led me up to the point of loving skydiving is being an avid roller coaster rider. When I was a little kid, my dad took me on my first roller coaster. It flipped upside down. It was at Six Flags. I can't remember the name of the ride, but I remember flipping upside down and feeling like I want to feel like this forever. So this next question is very close to my heart. What is your favorite roller coaster and where is it located? Thank you, Robert K for asking the things that really matter in life. Um, I would say favorite roller coaster is dragster at Cedar point in Ohio. Love that ride. Um, You are immediately pressed up against the back of the roller coaster. Um, And it's a ride that honestly lasts like four seconds, but it's the best four seconds of your life. It's really great. So Olivia D. asked me a question that somewhat stumped me. I like those kind of questions. They get my brain spinning. Who is someone who you feel God speaks to you through? How has it shaped your image of the world? There's a couple of people that I would say. One, my mom. My mom is just a gem Um, all through life, she has been someone who I could lean on. Um, someone who would remind me of my worth, someone who would remind me of integrity. Um, and in the worst of moments, she felt like safe arms that I could run to. So my mom would definitely be someone, um, and how it's shaped my view of the world is I want to represent that version of Jesus to people. Um, the version that your arms are wide open and they can bear the brunt of anything, whether it's difficult or easy. Um, My mom has definitely been someone who has shown me the unconditional facet of love that Jesus offers to all of us. I would say my mom. Lizzie asked a question that I feel like everybody could bookmark. Um, What will you remember about this season of quarantine? Um, One thing that I know with history is the fact that you can always, when something really poignant happens, you can always remember right where you were. Um, when 9-11 happened, I was at school, and I remember I actually was sick the day that it happened. So I was in the, the like, uh, office, the guidance counselor's office, and I remember when I saw the first um, thing come across the news about 9-11, about the planes hitting... And um, it was very influential. I remember the first time that my siblings told me they were having babies. I remember the first time um, that, hmm, what are some other good first? First prom. First time that I heard my song on the radio was in the laundry room at my parents' house. And the reason why I am mentioning a bunch of firsts is because you can only get a first thing one time. Um, The first only happens once. And this is the first time that I have ever experienced a global quarantine um, where it is something that the world is embracing at the same time. Uh, And I think that's really powerful. I think that a lot of people can lean on each other in times like this. Um, So what I will remember is just the ability to encourage people and the ability to be encouraged by people. Um, I set up this thing with my friends where once a week we have a call and it's like the girls that mean so much to me. And from being on the road so much, um, I've found myself not being um, proficient in taking time to reach out to loved ones. I would find any excuse. I would get so caught up in the day and, um, There was always something going on, and I wanted to really make a point during this quarantine to break that habit, and um, I don't like the habit of being so busy that I don't call the people that I love so much. So during this quarantine, they say it takes three weeks to make a habit, and as I'm speaking right now, we just finished our third call, um, and we call every week, so it's been three weeks. Um, where I call just some of my best friends and we all reach out to each other and check in on each other and read together and pray together. And it's really been influential for me just to hold on to people in times of uncertainty. Who are the people that you will surround yourself with that when the worst of times come, um, you can look at them and they can remind you of who you are. Those are the people that I want to call. So maybe make a point to call someone, um, While you're quarantined. Okay, side note, total side note. Another first was the first place I found out that the country was going to be entering into a quarantine. It was not official. So here I am, Grand Rapids. It was one of the most hectic days I've had on the road. Um, But I love Grand Rapids and the show was awesome. I remember looking at the band and saying, okay, let's pack an entire week's worth of shows into this one night. Because at the time I just thought that that particular week was gonna be canceled. I didn't know that the whole tour was gonna be postponed. So we we put a lot of energy into that show. By the time it was over, I was exhausted. It was a very emotional day. Um, we ride in the bus overnight, arrive in Nashville the next morning, and we all decide, let's go to Frothy Monkey. Uh, it's a coffee shop here. And it's a great spot to just kind of unwind and stare at a wall whenever you've just kind of walked through something wild altogether. So here we are, we're sitting at the table, sharing stories, laughing, drinking coffee. And my sweet, dear friend who travels on the road with us got a call that was was, um, pretty riveting to say the least. He comes out of the bathroom after taking this call. His face is completely white and very blank. And in a very monotone, um, direct fashion, he says, y'all, no one knows it quite yet. But the president will be speaking at 3 p.m. And he will bring about a nationwide quarantine. We have to get to Atlanta if we need to get there by 3 p.m. We must leave right now because pandemonium will break out. We must leave. I'm not kidding. Within about two seconds, <laughs> there's like, I don't know, 100, 150 people in Frothy Monkey. The six of us leave as if we are the only people on the planet that know this incredible secret that is about to happen. I mean, my background vocalist, she looks at me and she says, I'm nervous. Tears <laughs> start streaming down her face. But before, before the guy can even finish the news, she is out the door running to her car. By the time he finishes his sentence, I look back over to tell her something and she is gone. Um, and thus begins the next 24 hours of utter chaos, all of which... Nothing that he said happened, at least that day. It was absolute chaos. We went to Walmart, bought hundreds of dollars worth of food because we thought we were never gonna eat again. <laughs> we get on the road. We I literally brought bought gas cans because I thought if the world is ending tomorrow, I must have <laughs> I must have my mac and cheese and I must have red beans and rice. And I must have gas cans that can at least track me from coast to coast. Oh, my gosh. I bought five packs of cards, all of which never were played. (laughs) Why? Because the grocery stores remained open and gas stations remained open. And now we just look psycho. Okay, so the Boggs family asked me a question. And because it's an entire family, of course, I had to answer it. What do you think you'll tell your grandkids about your life and mission? Um, I actually mentioned this earlier. The things that I care to tell my grandkids about, the stories, if I am passing away, what I want to tell on my deathbed um, is that I lived a life full of love and in that I received lots of stories of love. Um, I've gotten the privilege to meet a lot of people from various backgrounds, from inmates in prison to CEOs of companies to artists to patients in hospitals, so many, so many people um, that I've had the privilege of coming in contact with. And it's not about fame or celebrity. When you meet people like that, honestly, all I care about is their story. When I would go into certain writing rooms and things like that, I would always say, Um, don't tell me anything about the writer before I go into the room. I just want to know who they are for face value. Um, so what would I say about my life? I would say, um, just to make sure that you take people on by face value. Don't assume you know something about someone if you haven't heard it from their mouth. Um, don't assume that you know something about someone's story. Um, if you've read it on paper, um, Don't assume you know something about someone's story if you've heard it from someone else. But instead, really receive people for who they are and let them be someone who explains who they are to you. And um, in that, it has opened up my life to so many things. Um, It's not allowed me to stay confined by maybe walls that people have built up around other people, but instead, it's given me these beautiful luxuries of taking people on for who they are and and what it is that they want to express. The reason why I could talk to someone in prison um, who may have committed an an incredibly dark crime um, the same way that I would talk to someone who created an incredible invention um, is because I allow them to tell their stories and that will only enhance your life. It will only enhance the experiences um, that you get to encounter along the way. Okay. How do you make such rad tie-dye? That comes from KDP. One trick is you have to bleach the shirts first. The cotton is what really matters. Um, so if you... We've been using shirts from um, Target. They're a little bit thicker in cotton. I think it's the Cozy brand. And they're really loose in form. Uh, so we bleach them first. And then we do our tie-dye by hand versus... Um, like doing the scrunch tie-dye where you take rubber bands. We actually just dye spots that we really enjoy um, and that we think will look good. Um, another dye, dye technique that my friend does, her name's Megan Eileen. I highly recommend looking her up. She uses things like beets to do her red. She uses terracottas for her oranges. Everything is organic. Um, she uses things of the earth like indigos to to dye her clothing and they are beautiful. Check out Megan Eileen. It's a totally different dye technique, but that's what I want to embark upon next. Cassia B, Cassia B, Cassia B, I hope I'm not saying your name wrong. If you did learn to dance, what genre of dance would you want to learn? Um, I love ballet. I think ballet is so beautiful. It's very rigorous, but it's so elegant. Um, so I would probably want to learn ballet. And um, I would want to learn hip hop because it requires rhythm, a lot of it, and um, I'm pretty much lacking in the rhythm area. Lastly, I would want to learn swing dance because who doesn't want to be thrown up in the air all over the place? Have you ever made your own ice cream? If Jenny's could create any flavor for you, what would it be? By Chloe H. Oh my gosh, that's the best question I've ever been asked. They may have already created my favorite flavor. I love brown butter almond brittle. I love um, the what's the jam? The peaches and biscuits and jam. That one's really good. I ate a pound of Jenny's last night. I ate Jenny's for dinner. I had four pints in my fridge. Have I ever made ice cream? Yes. My dad and I used to make peaches and cream and strawberries and cream. In the machine, when we were little kids, every Fourth of July and every New Year's. Um, if I could, if if Jenny's could create any flavor, sweet cream biscuits and peach jam. Sweet cream biscuits and jam. Yeah, sweet cream biscuits. Beignet flavored. Oh my gosh, beignet flavored ice cream. That could be daggum good. Or, um, I was going to say something with a spice. Like a cayenne. They already did Queen City cayenne. I love that. That's the chocolate and cayenne. But I would do something like um, like the cream of grits. I know that sounds gross, but like the cream of grits. Sweetened. Okay, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Meshes donut flavor. <gasps> okay, that would be epic. Meshes donuts and something with like whiskey. Something like kind of malty. But chocolate is always my favorite. Say, like, a chocolate-covered donut. Chocolate-covered meshes donut. Oh, gosh. Coming from someone who has never visited Louisiana, what do you say is the best place to visit? (laughs) That came from Jody A. I thought you would never ask. Um, New Orleans, of course. Avery Island is amazing. Avery Island is where Tabasco is made for the Jenny's ice cream question maybe something with tabasco and they make tabasco from jack daniels whiskey um barrels how crazy is that that's what they put the tabasco in so that could be a fun flavor i would say visit avery island visit jefferson jefferson island and visit new orleans and visit lafayette and visit Baton rouge and go to an lsu game okay Thank you all so much for listening and for all your questions. This podcast has been so fun to share with all my friends here. We're working on some more episodes, so stay tuned. A few things you should know before we go. I'm thrilled to announce we are heading back out on the Lauren Daigle World Tour. We have all the information on the rescheduled dates at LaurenDagle.com slash tour. I can't wait to see you on the road. For a sneak peek at the show, check out the official video of my latest single, Still Rolling Stones last thing, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so you know when we're releasing new episodes. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Dagobites.